This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Check out AMI-audio right from your television. Rogers, Ontario customers. Guys, check us out on channel 196. And Rogers Ignite customers, channel 146. You can enjoy our programming right here from AMI-audio. Visit AMI.ca slash audio for a list of channel locations in your area. Kelly McDonald here, host of the program with my co-host, Ramya Muthan. Here we go. On the third Thursday of every month, we check in with our friend Christine Malik for Curious Minds. What did, whatever happened to when you? Was, what does that mean? How does that work? Oh, I didn't know that. I never knew. I'm Christine Malik, and this is Curious Minds, a monthly dive into arts and culture from a blindness perspective. It's so fun to think we revisit astronomy nowadays. Like we just we talk about it so much because there's so much happening and it's very very exciting. It's so beautiful. Chris, we can talk about it and understand and have opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And thank you for framing that as instead of Chris, all you ever talk about is astronomy. <laughs> no, thank you. It's for exciting. Well, when we can bring do, on astronomy. Yeah, and if we can do that with food, Chris, you can bring uh, astronomy. Really, since it's like actually once a month? Come on. yeah, and and this is new, man. Food's been around. We can, but being able to talk about astronomy and understand and know that we can get concepts. Wow, mm-hmm. it's really true. It's really true. okay. So. The thing that we're revisiting is the images from the James Webb Telescope and sonifications, making these images more accessible for a blind low vision community. Very, very exciting. You've talked about sonifications before. We've heard some audio samples as well. Can you remind us what they are? A sonification is when you take data that just exists as data and you convert it into sound. Now, the vast majority of things that NASA is publishing are visualizations, which means they take data that is non-visual, such as x-rays or infrared, and they convert it into a visual spectrum of something that people can see because most people who are consuming the stuff are sighted. And so the choice to do it visually is just the biggest case scenario. But you can do anything with data. So a sonification is when you take data and you convert it into something that is audible instead of visible. Okay, so this isn't the first set of sonifications released in the field of astronomy. What has come before? Uh, The Chandra Observatory sort of led the way uh, with this kind of thing. And they, with Kim Arkan, she's kind of running that. And she wanted astronomy to be more available she wanted it to be available to everyone. Right. And so one of the things she uses is the curb cut analogy, which is that curb cuts are really useful for someone in a wheelchair. But once you put them in, you see that parents with strollers use them. People mm-hmm. with suitcases use them. So we all know that this, this phenomenon exists. And so when Chandra Observatory started doing sonifications, they went viral. I'm making air quotes because people love them. And so people take in information in lots of ways. And just because someone is sighted, it doesn't mean that they're fixated on vision or that vision is even the most important way that they take in information. So uh, it, it was led by the Chandra Observatory and Matt Russo, who's an astronomer, astrophysicist and musician in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, has been doing sonifications for quite a while. And so... Uh, that kind of laid the groundwork for what happened with with the, some of the James Webb images. 
just gives us a um a more robust experience. That's what I think. Adding sound, <laughs> you know, it's just yes. so full when you add yes. sound to things. And of course, I'm coming from the bias of being low vision, but whatever. What's happened with the James Webb images? So just for a little background, the James Webb telescope is... Uh, it's uh, right at the moment, it's about a million and a half kilometers from Earth. It's at the Lagrange point, which is the halfway point between Earth and the sun. And it's taking images in infrared, which is below the visual spectrum. It's uh, heat, really. And so um, the images that they're getting, you, it, it's very much in the press. So you may have heard or seen or read news releases where they're saying, look at these two images. This one was from Hubble, which is visual, directly optical. And this is from James Webb. And look how much more information we have from James Webb. So James Webb is really the cutting edge. The telescope is really the cutting edge of uh, what astronomy is is looking at, the field of astronomy is looking at. So what happened with the first images that were released was that it was decided, let's, let's do some sonifications of, of the, some of these images. And so uh, the process of sonification, I think I've sort of talked about in previous uh, segments, takes the data and ascribes values to it. So Matt kind of took these three images and as- ascribed pitches, tones, instruments, some panning, and makes kind of an auditory landscape out of the images. And for me, uh, uh, it the first time I heard a sonification was was really overwhelming because I think a lot of the hook for sighted people to get interested in astronomy is by looking up at the night sky. And it's a sensory experience of something so abstract that you can read about astronomy, you can study, you can try and understand it. But, uh, you know, to have a sensory experience is, uh, is different. It's, it's visceral. It's gripping in a way that reading about it uh, just isn't. And so they chose three images, one, uh, the Carina Nebula, the Ring Nebula, and the WASP-96b planetary spectrum. Now, I'm a non-scientist. I always want to say this. I'm a non-scientist. So, A, if I, you know, screw up and say stupid stuff, it, you know, I'm a non-scientist, so I can get away with it. But also that You're my covered. understanding is... <laughs> I'm covered, right? I just did a <laughs> disclaimer. I'm not a scientist. Um, and so... The, the first two, the Ring Nebula and the Carina Nebula, they're very complicated, and uh, there's lots going on, and so the, the sonifications are busy. And the great thing is that when you listen to them, you can listen to the whole sonification, but then you can listen to them in layers. And so you can separate out the different streams of data. So you you can say, okay, I just want to hear the background stars. Now I just want to hear the shape of the nebula. Now I just want to hear the gases or something like that. So the, the sonifications have layers that, and there's text that goes along with, along with those sonifications that explain them. And I, I kind of want to make a note here because for, well, for a couple of reasons, when, if, when, you Google this, one result that you're going to find is that a lot of press got interested in the alt text, which is the the image descriptions, the, the written mm-hmm. descriptions of it. And you were saying, like, the secret stars or the runaway, you know, the, 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 the big deal, um, you know, the unexpected hit of the James Webb release are these written image descriptions. And so... Uh, along with the sonifications, there's been some excellent writing 
brought to bear on image descriptions. And so the NASA and many of its its various arms like Chandra and the James Webb, they're taking this stuff seriously in a way that I never expected when I was a kid growing up reading sci-fi and stuff. They, they're really, they're, there's people, smart, smart people interested in doing this work and the work's getting done. So, um, the sonifications exist, but also the uh, the alt text, and that's not just now and then. Everything NASA releases now, I'm on Twitter, and uh, that's one of my favorite social media platforms, and all of their image tweets have have alt text. It's yeah. absolutely mm. fabulous. Yeah, I've noticed that too. It's it's really phenomenal. And when you think about if someone was to be able to be lifted or a, a pilot in a plane or, you know, when there's observing going on uh, higher, they're going to see more. You get a telescope, you're going to see more. And so many images for people who can see are there or or made possible uh, by however it's decoded for them. But this is such a wonderful thing of decoding because there is so much. There's so much available when you look through a telescope and putting it in a form for us. And it's like you said about the first time being overwhelmed separating the sound uh, it's just yeah. a phenomenal but you want somebody who whether it's an artist recreating for people who can see or somebody who is good with the literary word to be able to take the sound and what they hear or or you know yourself somebody who's used to using it how would you write it out so let's look at what is the value of all this uh for me personally the value is that i have access to information and context that I didn't have. I could read about the concepts and then hear that there's beautiful images. Yeah, that's that's not helpful. And mm-hmm. uh, so it adds a richness to my experience of, of learning. Um, one thing I think about a lot is kids who are blind now and STEM. And when I was growing up, and then I... <sighs> I don't need to tell you guys. This stuff just didn't mm. exist, right? No, it's like audio no. description. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't even dream about it, really. So um, I, I like to think about the opportunities that kids have, uh, you know, today and that to feel included. Like I was just on a call with NASA media people teaching each other how to write alt text. And I'm like, these oh are gosh. super PhD smart people. And I wasn't even a participant. I was just listening in to them talking to each other. How do we write good alt text? So this stuff is it's embedded now in a way that I just never dreamed of. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. you're seeing alt text come and show up in other places that by people who just understand the importance of it, not just for us, but even when newspaper stuff just describes who are these people were before. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Just mention that somewhere in the article, people can see it for themselves. Yeah. But I don't right. know. There's so much now that is becoming the norm that again, going back to the curb cut example. Yeah. Yeah, and in fact, it 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 increases your search engine optimization oh, when you yeah. write alt text, right? So, yep. uh, for people who may be listening, thinking, "Oh, I could write alt text. Why would I really do that?" That's another reason is that search engine optimization is is uh, increased when you have more words associated with your images. Yeah, there are all these different wonderful reasons for for you to get get on board right like there's the business side of it there's the you know empathy side of it and then there's also kind of like ai filling in the blanks like now it's it's really interesting because with ai and machine learning doing alt text as well kind of on the same level as people doing it personally Um, we have all these comparisons of good alt text bad alt text we're not just saying (laughs) yeah there's alt text we're actually you know critiquing it too and like you said with that workshop you got to be involved in the development of these what was that like 
Unbelievable. Uh, I had been uh, working with J.J. Hunt as a consultant uh, for writing his, the Chandra descriptions that had been being, we've been doing that together for about 18 months. And so uh, I got approached by the people doing the James Webb sonifications as a consultant and I got to, oh my gosh, like the smartest people arguably in the world. And there I am mm. on a call with them and they, they wanted to hear what I had to say. They asked my opinion, like, does this make sense to you? How could this make more sense to you? Um, one of the really thrilling parts for me was that I got to consult on the writing style because when you're reading with a screen reader, it's a really different experience oh, from yeah. reading with your eyes. And so short sentences, lots of commas, lots of pronoun use. There's particular things that make uh, alt text better. Yeah, uh, and just writing in general, cleaner, better, especially so clean. sign cleaner. Yes, and especially science writing because this stuff's so obscure and complex, and <laughs> there's styles styles that really are helpful. So I got to say, hey, you know, can I be involved with the writing? Can I edit? And they took my edits and they incorporated them. And wow. so as a space geek growing up as a little kid reading, you know, science fiction and watching Carl Sagan on TV and stuff. Now <laughs> here I am on calls with super duper smart people, and they want to know how to make their material accessible to my community and whew, yeah it was uh it was thrilling it was totally thrilling oh, absolutely <laughs> amazing and just so so fun and and what what you love to hear is the keenness um tell us how can people find this stuff uh there's it's everywhere so uh there'll be notes there'll be links in the show notes uh so you can just google what james webb telescope two b's w-e-b-b telescope sonifications and you'll find youtube links which are okay but look for the nasa sites uh go to some news articles and look for the actual nasa sites because that's where you'll find uh the you know the explanations and i have a twitter feed as well called the invisiverse like invis first so uh if you're on twitter i-n-v-i-s-i-v-e-r-s-e and that's where i post a lot of accessible astronomy stuff for blind and low vision people so those will be in the show notes as well okay very helpful lots of progress chris gotta let you go thank you so much thank you chris malik joining us on the third thursday for curious minds talking about the james webb telescope and all the fun accessibility fun and just cutting edge and just making you stop and say i can learn about it now you betcha Up next, the roundtable, folks. We're joined by In the Know contributor, Margaret Weldon. Stand by. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.